This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie The Addams Family. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie The Addams Family, which my guest has seen before. She is one of the hosts of Geek Grills, the Heresy and Hearsay, and Part-Time Gamers podcast. And please welcome America's Next Top Podcaster runner-up, September McGrady. How are you doing, September? America's second best podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, but uh I, I I'm congratulations on um on America's Next Top Podcaster. Um honestly, like that was such a thrilling last episode to listen to. Um how 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 was that for you? Oh, I just I loved the whole process. I mean there are ups and downs, of course, um, mm-hmm. but I got to make it to every class, right? Like, <laughs> I learned a lot. I gained a lot of confidence. I'm better at it than I thought I was, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I was last year, I was going to quit. So I'm really glad that I entered, and I'm glad they accepted me, and I made new friends, I made new contacts, and I put together some really good shows is this your first podcast by the way um uh, being a a first guest appearance since then or have you been on another podcast sort of um it's my first guest appearance guest appearance where i can talk about anything that has happened Mm, because we had you know kind of gag order until all the episodes were released so although i was on sean allred's show um, what is it? Cheap sheet seat reviews. Another movie one. Imagine that. Mm. Uh, we couldn't talk about ANTP because everything hadn't been released. Um, I did talk on my own show last night for the first time. I returned to Geek Grills mm-hmm. and was able to talk about how how it ended up and that I was a runner up. Like I've just been released to <laughs> yeah that out in public recently. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you'll definitely want to check out that, uh, that Geek Grills episode. Um, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I'm sure it was great. So everyone go check that out. But, uh, we're here to talk about the Adams family, everybody. And so as we always do, we'll go over the stats real quick, uh, before we get into too far into this. So the Adams family is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors and is available to stream on Paramount Plus. Which makes sense because it was released by Paramount Pictures on November 22nd, 1991. Again, like I mentioned, this is the 1991 film. Uh, and we'll actually get into the future films in a moment here. Uh, the movie was directed by Barry Sonfeld and stars Angelica Houston, Raul, Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Christina Ritchie, and Jimmy Workman. The movie had a budget of $30 million and made $191.5 million in theaters uh september do you remember when you first saw this movie 
I think it was in 92. So, I mean, it might have been 91, not long after it was released. I, I didn't watch much in theaters then, um, but <laughs> I mean, it's the Adams Family, and I am kind of a fan. I've, I've seen this movie a lot. Um, I think there's only one Adams Family movie I haven't seen. But a really neat thing that happened is when this came out, I was living in Florida. Uh, I worked at Walt Disney World, and I used to drive a hearse in that time. Oh, it was a beautiful 1972 Cadillac hearse. Oh, and, <laughs> and you can imagine it's got like the Walt Disney World parking pass on it, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And I was driving from. Uh, my apartment I was living in to work and there's this bunch of kids by the side of the road and they're kind of throwing their arms around and you know I was like what is going on I rolled on my window and I hear them rapping they're doing they're like do what you want to do say what you want to say Adam's family like all <laughs> yelling it out at me driving by in my hearse <laughs> oh that's amazing oh that's awesome yeah, no, and 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 you and we just and we replayed that uh, just before we uh, we came on the recording, and because yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that song. That is unbelievably cool. What's even What's even more cool about this is that um, it turns out that the Adams family has quite the history. Um, and I I did some research and I found out some things about the Adams family that you know predate the uh, this movie. In fact, because of course, everyone knows about the TV series, but the Adams Family actually started way back in 1938 as a New Yorker comic strip uh, by Charles Adams. So I guess he was a little bit of a narcissist in that regard. <laughs> but uh, but apparently it was a comic strip for over 50 years before it before it even got a TV series, which astonishes uh, astonishes me that like the Adams Family will have reached. 90 years in a couple of years and it's approaching its 100th birthday like i i that is unbelievable that it's been around for this long well have you i imagine your research you saw some of the art style um in those old comics and it's yeah. really nifty because i feel like other artists that do this macabre family stuff uh like the oblongs or edward gory to me seem influenced by uh charles adams art style oh yeah yeah for sure no and 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 yeah the, i i did i did notice that art style too that that that's yeah it's sort of a unique art style for sure of course you've got the uh television series like i mentioned it ran from 64 to 66 uh with the special that came out in uh 1977 as well um did you ever watch the tv series september and if you did um, would you say that the comic strip and the TV show, like how closely do they resemble the movie in terms of like timeline and story wise? Well, I mean, the comic, I, I didn't read all of the comic, but it was also a New Yorker comic. So it's like features. It's a few panels New Yorker comics are a very different style. It's kind of a story in one panel. Um, mm -hmm. so that doesn't really apply. And I, it's not like I read the whole arc and would know, uh, I did watch the TV show. Uh, growing up and in later years and it was the movie is quite different there are some i don't know 
there are a lot of things that are different, but it's just because they had the room in a movie to go into, I think, more detail and add some um, almost modern things. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, the series in the 60s and 70s, um, when I was a really little kid, and there's a whole different thing where, you know, the movie they've got Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and like, of course, um, modern problems that you know they they get to introduce but the characters themselves they do really good homage to the the mischievous children to uh, gomez and morticia's fantastic romance Mm -hmm. uh grandma being in there lurch is a little i I wish lurch had a little more time okay um and they kind of hyped up thing a lot thing got a lot of airtime in the movie compared to just the occasional appearance on the TV show. Mm-hmm. They really made a character out of it, but not in a bad way. It made the movie a lot more entertaining. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. And of course, fast forward through a couple reboots and even a musical, which is interesting. Um, and we, and we now have the Adams family being rebooted twice as sort of like a computer animated version. The first one came out in 2019 and, the reboot actually came out um, earlier, uh, earlier in the year last year. Um, so uh, it actually, yeah, it came out last year. So, what are your thoughts on the newly rebooted movies? And should I go out and watch those now? Well, maybe uh, we could watch that and do another show here because my husband and I were just talking about that. I have not watched the animated, the new computer animated ones. Okay, interesting. Um, I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, yeah. If anybody has any uh, feedback on the new uh, rebooted uh, movies, the computer animated ones, uh, let me know what your thoughts about those are. Email at cinemavention.com because I, uh, I'm i really curious um, what people's thoughts are on those because cause it's a whole new take on the Addams Family if you think about it too. Well, um, I heard doing a reboot or another one with Christina Ricci either as Morticia or they're doing a grown up Wednesday a oh. new movie that I'm very interested in. Um, I questioned really Angelica Houston when she was first cast as Morticia. I was like, Oh no, how? Oh no. Cause I was very attached to uh, the movie actress, but boy, she, I, I think she did do a fantastic job and then became Morticia to a whole new generation. Yeah. Interesting. So let's talk about the talk about this movie. So the Adams family, you very quickly realize are are a weird and unique family, right? And you've got the uh, you've got the children going through all sorts of shenanigans in this movie. You've got um, you've got the bow and arrow being shot by uh, Pugsley. You've got Wednesday uh, with the with the knife and and she stopped because <laughs> she needs a giant knife right because that little puny knife won't be won't be enough right and, and we're just so just like tisk 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 and then just take <laughs> away but then gives her a bigger one and wednesday wednesday the look on christina ricci's face during this stuff is so priceless like she her eyes go wide <laughs> yeah no it's awesome so happy <laughs> yeah 
Well, and you've got the um, the electrocution stuff going on too, right? So Pugsley is getting electrocuted by Wednesday, and he's only being stopped um, by Morticia, the mother, because they're late for a charity auction. That was the reason. Not because you shouldn't electrocute him, but because they're late for a charity auction, right? Like, what are you doing? Oh, we're playing. I told you, we're late. <laughs> Yeah, I told you. By the way, the way that they opened that is by playing a game, Is There a God? I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, my God, that is one way to introduce a uh, a game, I suppose, right? <laughs> Pugsley always, he seems like less smart than Wednesday, let's say. Like, his yeah. pranks are, you know stop signs and putting something terrible in grandma's cauldron and and wednesdays are elaborate building an electric chair and <laughs> yeah it's like yeah like in comparison you can't even compare right <laughs> yeah no i yeah yeah wednesday had all of the all the crazy shenanigans going on so apparently while i was doing uh research for this film I discovered that Gomez has a thing for crashing trains into each other that apparently um, was not the first time that he had done so because, you know, because the kids um, and Morticia know that this it's a bad sign uh, when dad is playing with his trains, quote unquote. But also, like, the, I found other clips of this on the TV show version, too. So this is apparently an Adam's family trope, right? Yes, as a matter of fact, like there's a whole compilation of it's my black cat. Um <laughs> Adam's train wrecks, and it's like over ten minutes of them. He did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So no. you could tell Dad was upset. Yeah, yeah, no, is yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of his trope, I guess, is like that's his coping mechanism. Also, <laughs> did you notice that um because I was trying to figure out who was this miniature guy in the uh, in the train. It turns out it was the director who had a just a random cameo inside the train, which was fantastic. He's this like little little oh. guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that was him. That's what a great way to insert yourself as a director, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, okay. it, uh, Our... it go, going to certain doom too, right? Right? But that did, that was a weirder thing in the movie where it really took me out of the moment. Like, what are they doing? Like, why would there be, it's toy trains. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But then again, this whole movie is bizarre. So, you know. <laughs> but having, painting a picture of this macabre, like, outrageous, like, society wouldn't allow this situation to happen. And, you know, disembodied hands. So there's some you know, voodoo here and there, but the the there was an actual person in these miniature trains it was Yeah. A different mode of humor. Yeah, that's that's weird. Uh I was wondering why uh Wednesday and Pugsley were having a uh, sword fight at the beginning of the film. And it's a trope throughout the movie too. Like um at at one point Fester even is um teaching them how to properly uh sword fight, right? But it turns out um, that it was because they're practicing for a school play, which <laughs> the fa they made it m much more realistic than I'm sure the audience was prepared for because, you know, 
whether it was blood or red dye or, you know, whatever you want to say, right? Like, just start spraying in the audience members' faces. Like, like, of course it would, right? Like, wonder. It was so Monty Python, though, right? Right. (laughs) It really was. Spewing and like their uncle Fester helping them with the gadgets to do it. Like, and and I love during that scene, the school play, how the other parents, um, watching the Adams watch the other acts, right? Kids dancing around with flowers and elves and like getting to like you, right? And they're mm-hmm. just so bored, like <laughs> chin on hand. Oh, oh, yeah, that's is- right. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, the parents get their own surprise with the Shakespearean scene and all the blood and the they're just horrified and being sprayed in the splash zone. Yeah, right. And that, the, yeah. The ovation for this fantastic support. Right. Yeah. The parents could be more proud of that scene. Right. <laughs> with the Adams, though, like everybody's like singing hokey pokey and my kids get up and do Shakespeare. Man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Also, side note, uh, you can tell that this was filmed in the early 90s because of the, uh, you know, the class, like, it's like the class is like, who um, who are their heroes, right? And of course, um, the president at the time, President Bush is right there front and center, along with Jane Polly, by the way, which I've not, I've not heard Jane Polly, like, in quite a while. Like, that was a... Uh and Mrs. Bush, the Silver Fox. Yeah, yeah. Was that her? Was, was that her nickname? I don't remember that being uh, a nickname for. I don't remember anyone ever saying that? I, I suppose it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a new one for me. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love how the teacher is that, so again, with Morticia. I'd be worried about those kids too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, cause the. Because the teacher is concerned about Wednesday's drawing, right? But Morticia's concerned about all of the other ones and like and saying like the teacher should be talking to their parents about about their heroes. Like they're they're she's questioning her about that, right? Like <laughs> like that that was that was crazy. Of course, you know, <laughs> the parents have told Wednesday that she needs to go to college first before she enslaves a minister and is found <laughs> naked in the streets, right? <laughs> I can't remember her great aunt, uh, who the the witch was, who was burned at the stake that she was, you know, going to take after and follow in her footsteps. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, college for- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> of course, you can't forget the uh, that Gomez, you know, constantly swinging golf balls into the house of who we find out later is the judge of the town. By the way. Multiple times, I might add, right? Like, I assume this is another trope, like, similar to the trains thing, or is that just in this movie? Seeing that in the TV show. Okay. It's possible, I don't recall, but I, I don't remember seeing that trope. Although it's, um, I was thinking about that when I was wa- rewatching the movie, and I feel like, because they're like, damn you, Adams, you know, the judge is, is mad, and... Gomez is like, oh, don't worry about it. I have plenty of balls. Like, I think it's in his, in Gomez's brain, this is a neighborly game, right? This is just something they do and ha 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 because yeah, 
just that macabre. I, I really think he means no harm. He's doing it incredibly jovially. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those uh, neighbor neighbor games he likes to play, and like that that's his way of greeting someone is smashing your window. <laughs> What him and his brother throw each other around, you know, the brother and sister sabotaging each other and throwing knives and sword fighting with his lawyer. And like to him, it's friendly banter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course it is, right? It's the Adams family, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a really strange definition of sportsmanship. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Fester, or his alternate alternate name, Gordon, at least at the start of the movie. But is he really Gordon, though? Because here's what, I, here's what I'll say. If I could summarize this movie in a couple of sentences, here's what I'd say. I'd say that the Adams family owes their lawyer money. He won't. They won't give it to him because, well, they're the Adams family. You know, first of all, it's like, do you really expect them to give you the money? Like, you're working with the Adams family. Like, uh, presumably you've worked with them before. Like, how did you not know this was going to... How did you how did you not know this was coming, right? And and basic I, yeah, oh go ahead. I don't see that as being what's going on. Um I mean, because there's even a point where Morticia points out when the lawyer does betray them, like that they knew he was a cheat and a shyster and they loved that about him. Um and when he comes to collect money from them, part of that is collecting the monthly expenses, which and he mentions in the movie later that he's on retainer. So he's being paid. Um, him being greedy and wanting more money and trying to trick them with creating some kind of memorial fund uh, for Fester uh, plays in him being the one who was, uh, had found Gordon slash Fester. It says that she's a loan shark and is trying to get money from the lawyer because he took out a loan from her. So it's not the Adams cheating anyone. It's greedy shysters and cheats trying to take their money and take advantage of them. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, that's that's actually a good uh that's actually a good point. Yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> you see them as the villains, right? But they're just incredibly clever and they see things as they are. They, you know, don't make any bones about that. And <laughs> you know, they all those things are mentioned. It's not them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, trying to steal their money. Yeah, right. Well, and, and, and it's interesting now that you say that, too, just the fact that they're, like, going to this extreme level to <laughs> to try to get, like, to try to get more money to to the point where they're basically condemning them out of their own house, you know, to get this to get this money. Like, that's I mean, I don't know. That's. That's when it starts going a little too far is that they're trying to they're trying to take over the the house that way. Like that's that's Well they think they can get away with it, right? Con artists are like that. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they can get away with it. And of course they think they can get away with it because they can get the judge on their side. They can get society there on their side because the Adamses are weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So everyone is gonna you know and what they see them spending their money on they think is wasteful because they want you know whatever normal people want right yachts i don't know (laughs) yeah something like that yeah (laughs) by the way i love that uh i love how they get in the way they get to get into said vault 
is to slide all the way down to the basement while this like <laughs> this crazy song plays. And I have to imagine that that song plays every time they go down the slide because like why else? Like that just makes it so much better that way, right? <laughs> and I had forgotten that, like the song being that like is it CC I play may come out and play with me. It, it's yeah. like children's ditty. Yeah. And it, it seems so like all the macabre they could have chose all kinds of weird Beetlejuice and you know Danny Elfman type stuff. Right. And I'm kind of surprised this movie coming out in that period that it wasn't a Danny Elfman uh, or Tim Burton gig. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what a weird song to. But you know, playtime. It's a slide, I guess. Yeah, I know that makes sense, right? Also, that scene where Fester and Gomez are riding in the boat at. Like, Ed Gomez is singing. Like, I have to imagine, like, they took some inspiration from Phantom of the Opera. They had to have for that, right? Like, yeah, they had to. Yeah, because that totally looks like Phantom of the Opera to me. <laughs> Although, also, that style of ship and um, singing, I think he was singing Italian opera. It could just have been, you know, Italy except in a dark dungeon, which. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well yeah no, well because well and, and they did that um i love how they add that layer of complexity too so it's not just you have to go down the slide you also have to go through <laughs> this like random like water patch on a boat to get to the vault too right <laughs> yeah you got the uh the bookshelf right to the secret entrance and then right. you've got the gazillion handles to pull to go either be ejected in some horrific manner out of oh, the Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about those, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, one of them goes through a water tank that is apparently in Pugsley's room. That's where we saw right. all the stop sign. They're hanging out in Pugsley's room, and you see Fester go by, like, glug, 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 glug. <laughs> and, you know, or you get the right one, and then you go down the slide, and mm -hmm. then you have to go on the boat, and then there's a combination uh, ten. Uh, do you remember the combination? <laughs> yeah, it was two. What was it? Two ten eleven, right? Yeah, yeah, two ten, ten eleven. Five fingers, toes was. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Where does eleven? Where do? Where does the eleventh toe come from? <laughs> it's apparently an Adam's genetic trait. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that because that makes sense. Again, it's like all of these things. It's like it, in any other movie, I'd be like. I'd be like, what? What is going on here? But uh, but it's the Adams family, so I'm like, yep, yeah, nope, that's the Adams family. <laughs> Another layer because the combination only got you into their little playhouse room, but then you had to like pull the top off the right brandy bottle to get into the actual treasury. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, there's so many layers of complexity to this. I mean, hey, like, I mean, they certainly know their security. I mean, <laughs> I mean, all fair fair credit to them. I don't think Indy could have even gotten in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like any any modern hackers trying to get into that. Good luck. <laughs> um. So, um, of course, uh, it, while they're down there, uh, Gomez and Fester, uh, you know, oh, you know, like Gomez and Fester, they watch this home movie, right? Where Gomez and Fester are playing with this, playing with dynamite, and of course they are when they're kids, right? Like. Given the hijinks that Wednesday and Pugsley are involved in now, that does not surprise me that in their younger years they'd be playing with dynamite because, of course, they would be, right? <laughs> oh, of course. 
I actually, one of the scenes I really like too, when Gordon is really coming around to his nature and trusting that like, okay, everything's horrible here, but like just the disbelief that these people are as weird and horrible as he is. Um, And he's sitting with Wednesday and Pugsley and showing them a book about, about goring and maiming and dismembering or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's another one where Christina Ricci makes that face of like wide eyed being super excited about gangrene. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah, like there, she's into all the crazy stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about it, Fester is really the star of this movie. Um, if you think about it, right? Fester, Gordon, whatever you want to call him, right? And, you know, when we meet Gordon at the beginning of the film, he's, you know, basically recruited to help the attorney, um, you know, like get get the money that they desperately want. Right. And and it's interesting that the attorney says he looks like Fester, although we find out later that it turns out that Fester isn't actually Gordon at all. And when Fester gets electrocuted at the end of the movie, it sort of like rejiggers his memory and it be- and he becomes Fester. But like I- I don't know. It's like, I find it weird that it's like the coincidences of all of those things, you know, that led to that point. Like, it, it seems a little crazy to me. I don't know. The whole thing is a plot device because Fester would never leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then that he went to the Bermuda Triangle. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Him coming back around and ending up involved in this is, you know, far-fetched, but it's all a plot device. And... It works really well, actually. I think they did a really good job of whether it was the kids showing a little suspicion, whether it's Morticia showing suspicion, and um, Gordon himself, Fester, not really knowing who he was, not realizing that he had amnesia. I mean, I was like, how could they be, how could Gomez be so fooled, right? you know it's him or it's not in some way um but it ends up making sense of it that like he didn't even know right and he was trying to pull one over on them and he got caught trying to pull one over put one over on them um so i it was a plot device it worked out though yeah i I was surprised like for such an obvious device you still as the viewer are questioning throughout whether or not it really is him. Right. Like, or, or like whether a, he's loyal to the Adams family or to, you know, the attorney and uh, to Abigail. Right. You know, I shake him I'm like, wake up. <laughs> yeah. Right. By the and way, they did that in the second one. Oh, what's that? Say again. Did you see Adams family values? No, I have not seen that one yet. Nope. Is they actually, um, interestingly, Fester is very much a star of that one too. It's another, um, there's a woman trying to seduce him for the fortune because he's, you know, technically the heir. Oh, yeah, right. Which we learned from the fact that uh, when they take over the house, when uh, when they have like that restraining order, which is interesting, though, that the attorney serves the restraining order and not the cops. That's a little mm, OK. <laughs> but well, anyone can serve. A restraining order. I used to work in an attorney's office, and they actually pay people to just serve orders once you get them. 
Oh, okay. Is that actually okay? That's interesting. That's thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Like we would get eviction orders and that kind of thing, and there are people that, as a job, just go out and serve papers to people. Yeah, yeah. But, but it does take a judge to actually issue the restraining order. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I and you know the judge is on their side, of course, because he's he's the one his window's the one getting broken all the time by them. So yeah, of course he's gonna want to get them out. You know. Um, mm. I gotta tell you too, like um, Christopher Lloyd, like I, Christopher, I didn't realize that Christopher Lloyd was in this movie, and his role as Fester is so good. Like, I <laughs> like like. Oh, he, yes. Yeah, he gets scared of all the things in the house, right? And, and, and but it's like, who could blame him, right? But according to Gomez and Morticia, that's normal for Fester. Apparently, is to be scared. Like they apparently had to chain him to the bed, right? <laughs> yeah. He enjoys the screaming. <laughs> yeah, enjoys the screaming. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love how Gomez and Morticia's love language is talking about how they'll be rotting in the ground together for all eternity like they have that <laughs> I, I i i saw the clip again on youtube and it was lust in the graveyard <laughs> and that was like so perfect you know oh yeah when they're sitting on the couch and the movie opens right up with that too mm-hmm. it, it's it's like are you unhappy it's like oh yes so unhappy like <laughs> <laughs> right no and, and that's but that's like that's their love language right which is which is crazy. And it, again, of course it is, right? <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, it's so much better than Joker and Harley, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true. They would never try to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So the we talked about the Mermina Triangle a little bit. We kind of alluded to it, right? And it's like sort of it's sort of this like vague, like like it, it is described and explained a little bit, right? Like it gives fester some amnesia about and 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 when he comes out of it he's like sort of discombobulated right but it's like we never got to really see it and we never really got like i I don't know that we we never really got a full full explanation or like a visual of what it's like so what do you think the bermuda triangle exactly is what do you think i think it's such a part of pop culture and such a part of known it's a known entity that aircraft disappear there it's been going on for hundreds of years you know like people disappear in the bermuda triangle is well known and it's where a lot of storms happen or people have strange communication you know problems on boats like it's just a well-known trope that they could use that Nobody knows what happens in the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. Okay, have yeah. you heard of it, right? Yeah. Or have you not heard of it? <laughs> I, I I legit have not heard of it. Like, I, oh, honest to God, God, I had legit not heard of this before. It's fallen out of the uh, pop culture lexicon, apparently. Yeah, yeah. No. So what? Yeah. What? It, what is this exact? Like, is it just sort of this like, like, I don't know, black hole sort of thing? Like, what? What is this exactly? It's a place in um where where exactly it is. But if you if you Google um I don't know how you Google tropes. Um it's an area near Bermuda, near Bermuda where many ships, planes, and people are said to have mysteriously disappeared with no trace. 
Oh, okay. So it's like a real urban legend, sort of, right? Yeah, in some places, yeah, in some places it's called Devil's Triangle, and it's like off the coast of Florida, so it makes sense, um, even location-wise, where she said Fletcher, or, no, yeah. that's my son. It was like, yeah, my, Miami, Florida or something, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's just weird. Um, there's yeah. a whole bunch of mysterious occurrences that have happened there. Uh, let me see. The disappearance of the SS Maine Sulphur Queen. A pair of passenger aircraft back in 1948. Um, uh, this expert yas- yachtsman, Donald Crowhurst, in 1969. Like, you can look up the Bermuda Triangle and disappearances, hmm. and there's a whole <laughs> slew of them it, to where it's yeah. What it does it's sound like, like, though, is that you should not Google it at night, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess unless you're into that thing. <laughs> Just into scaring yourself and stuff. I love how, um, so, of course, they would try to summon Fester using a crystal ball, right? Like, of course, that would be the way that they do that. And that whole entire scene, like, you've got the piano playing, you've got, like, they're all in a circle, like you know, doing, um, doing, you know, the ritual, I guess you could say, like, that, that was a, that was a crazy scene, it's like, knock three times, it's like, and I love how, like, this was all pre-planned, right, like, because, because they're in the room at this time when this is happening, right, and, like, the lawyer and his wife, yeah, 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 and so, like, I don't know, it's like, the fact that they, they, like, fall for this is, like, I don't know. Like it's 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 weird, but of course, well, but- it's a really good continuity bit there too, where they earlier in the movie, Morticia was trying to talk the wife into coming to the séance. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um. So there's this scene, uh, where um, uh, you know, like there's a scene where um, Morticia takes Fester out to see all of the dead relatives. Uh, I guess you could call it the Adams credo, if you will. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they go over all these like crazy deaths that the family has gone through. And, and we mentioned it earlier, I think about the, um, about like being accused of being witches back in those days. And it's like, I guess the Adams family goes all the way back to the Salem witch trials, I guess. Yeah. They, well, I think further, but <laughs> yeah, right. The cons of it, and yeah, they it goes back. It's a proud family tradition. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's she takes him out in the graveyard. It's right after, um, he pulls the wrong handle, and she she sees him go through that water tube in Pugsley's room. So she knows he just tried to get into the vault. Mm. that's where her suspicions are really first aroused. It seems that he's trying to get the money, whether right. or not they understand like Gordon Fester, what's happening. She went outside to the little thing that he got spit out of. Um, Cause there's one for Wednesday and one's for Pugsley. Pugsley and Wednesday each have one of those things shoots that they get shot out of when you go out the wrong way. When you pull the wrong lever to get into the vault. So I had to wonder if like that's just a, also a game the kids play. <laughs> yeah, right? Gets shot out of there and Morticia's just waiting. And she takes him on a walk. 
and she gives them the grim history of how different Adams uh, had died and how they were killed and then shows him the family credo, which translates to, we gladly feast on those who would subdue us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... not just pretty words. Yeah. And then she leaves him there. So <laughs> it's very much like a, I'm on to you, you are being warned, and then we'll just wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, speaking of, you know, suspicions, you know, I love how the kids, like, just suspected Fester was a fraud from the start. Like, immediately they picked up on, like, the inconsistencies of of Fester slash Gordon, right? They were more suspicious, and part of that is also explained where Morticia and Gomez would be more fooled and the kids would be more suspicious because when he disappeared, they were so little. Mm, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had the memory of what he looked like as solidly ah uh, okay no that actually that actually make that actually makes sense okay i i'm gonna wrap up this section with that dance I'm, I'm annoying i'm like <laughs> but i just no, i love no the, i do <laughs> no no that's good no i i actually i love these little tidbits because it's like because and, and this is a this is a great thing about the show right is that like because uh, there are a lot of tropes like this that I just wouldn't know about and would like miss, and like that's that's what's great about this about this show is that we get we get to talk about all of these things. So, so that's great. So that dance scene uh, with uh, Gomez and Fester, I where they did the Mamashuka dance, and like that that was an amazing scene. It's like you got the knife at the end, like that's. Uh, that was crazy. But so solidified it for me as if you were the first time it was like, all right, it's him. He fell into doing that in crazy, crazy, complicated, violent dance. Right. Like, even if he doesn't know it, that's faster. No one else would know it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. So yeah, I guess that is your first clue into that. You're right. Yeah. And, and, so and and they're throwing a party uh and, and the whole reason they have this dance sequence in the first place is cuz they're having a party because Fester has returned and um and I'm, and I'm trying to figure out um so cuz all of these people that they invited like are they townsfolk like do like cuz like no, it's all family okay like and cousin it which is a nice little throwback to the TV show mm-hmm. um um, and friends, flora and fauna, like it, it's a welcome back to the clan, friends and family gathering. Gotcha. Okay, so like a family reunion type of thing. Okay, yeah. Because I was trying to figure out, like, because if it was townsfolk, I'd be like, how? Why would they want to associate with the Adams family just randomly right here? That makes no sense. But okay, yeah. If it's there'd be a lot more, like I don't care how rich they are, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's more of a family gathering, then yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So, I do have some questions. Speaking of uh, speaking of going over finite details of the movie, I want to know: Can you have a debate about the Adams family being a Christmas movie? Since there's Christmas carols being sung at the very at the very beginning of the film, at the front of the Adams family home, like is that a debate? Can you have that? 
I don't think so. I wondered the same thing if people do, and but I've never heard people do that. And it's not like Die Hard where there's actual Christmas stuff all throughout it. The Adams family mm-hmm. opens Christmas carols, and then you see the Adams family dumping a cauldron of boiling something on the carolers. But time passes, and the movie ends at Halloween, where trick or treaters come and run away from Lurch answering the door. Mm-hmm. So-, so there's two holidays cited, and stuff in between and there, there's no i mean it's a halloween movie if you're just an adams fan right yeah like, <laughs> yeah i was just about to ask is it a halloween film then <laughs> i see i don't think so but then again from my decor you would think it was halloween all the time so for me it's just you know an everyday movie but i might be more apt to watch it again around halloween just to get in the mood I see. Yeah, no, that yeah, because it it felt like a hollow. It felt like a good Halloween movie for sure. Yeah. So they have Halloween lore or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the witch Beastwick or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did any. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but at the beginning of the film, there's this like figurine, like this clock uh, sort of thing, where they have a male and a female figurine. And I'm trying to, like, why is the guy fi- figurine, like, why is he motorboating the woman figurine? Like, that, that, is he doing that? Is that what's going on? Like, because I'm I like, think she's mothering him. It would be my guess, given <laughs> it being Adam's Oh, is sculpture. that what that's doing? Okay, yeah. Because I couldn't help but notice that. I'm like, what? <laughs> to go. I- <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. This is this is a rhetorical question, but are Girl Scout cookies made from real Girl Scout? I just I have to know, right? By the way, that that was that was an incredible line in that. It is because it's like I only like like real, real organic lemons, and I can't, you know, is it real lemons? Are you sure it's real lemons? Right. <laughs> I, well, and also, I, it's like she didn't notice the like bottles of like poison and stuff that were <laughs> that were on the table too right like never mind the big bottle labeled arsenic right <laughs> we're about the lemon yeah right yeah no that's yeah yeah no i i i actually did like that clap back because it's like if you're worried about the lemons right and you're not concerned about the products that are on the table in front of you like like really okay <laughs> also, i don't know maybe organic sticker on the other ones we didn't see oh okay yeah sure sure also um so they have this television show that um that gomez is watching in the hotel room which i found out was um the sally jesse Raphael show and how is there not a call screener for that show because gomez is just able to just get right through and 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 you know and, and she's so over this because it's like Gomez, stop. Like, this is not the first time he's called into the show. Like, how, huh? is there, how is there not a call screener for this show? Maybe it was when she was just some kind of local yokel and didn't have a staff. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or maybe Gomez just lied about who he was to get on, maybe, or something. I, I don't know. Screener hates her. <laughs> oh, 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 maybe. Oh, interesting. Um... You know, this movie is so crazy that I didn't even talk about um, Thing, which is we, we mentioned earlier that animatrophic animatrophic can that is, you know, I assume kind of like a I, I don't know. It's like the a family pet. 
I guess you could say. Like, I don't know. Like, it's more than just uh, a pet, though, right? Yeah, I mean, things seems to have a sentience and isn't even treated like just a pet or even like a butler. I mean, they have a butler. Things seems like one of the family. I mean, mm-hmm. help them out, you know. And I mean, it was just a lot more like animated and took part in the story a lot more than I remember in the TV show where it would just be basically coming out of a box and handing someone a pen and leaving. Um, but I guess they had all the tech to have it run around like crazy this time. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and one final question. So the, gr- so I, I, lo- I loved that seat at the very end, by the way, where, um, where they, um, where Fester opens this book. And if I remember correctly, it was a, um, it was like a, I forget what the book was called, but it was it was a book where you you opened it up and it had like a little storm thing on it or whatever. Like, what, what was the name of the book? Hurricane one, because earlier right. in it, the uh, uses gone with the wind and opens it up and there's like wind. But this was some kind of hurricane. I just don't remember the name of the hurricane. Right. Yeah, it was the hurricane. Yeah, that's right. And and it and it and it makes Abigail and Tully fly out of the house, and and they they fly out and and there's graves already set up for them and they're ready they're ready to go like how was that possible like how did they know that that was going to happen like the inscription on them even was already ready to go too, right? <laughs> yeah, the inscription. I mean, I don't know. It's a little far fetched. Maybe they just keep them in stock for everyone they know Mm, um mm -hmm. but i think it was uh pugsley and wednesday although they would have had to know what was going snuck out of bed and gone and dug them but they were standing there with shovels ready to go uh when they flew off to the grades and by the way the vit i looked it up the book is hurricane irene nightmare from above oh that's what it was yeah Mm -hmm. that's right yeah because that's what causes the whole like hurricane going on also yeah no you mentioned the kids digging that up and it's like it's like do we know it's like do we know that they're dead does it really matter <laughs> that was that was amazing there was a citation earlier in the movie i don't remember what somebody was buried alive and, and they just they said something, they were buried alive and they just continued on as if there was that was all there was to the story. oh yeah yeah for sure yeah, no, I that 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 would be a thing that would be that would be notorious. I'm sure they might aspire to it. You know, it's yeah, very yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we give our final ratings of the movie, uh, is there anything that I didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? I think covered uh, an awful lot of detail. I'm happily surprised at how thoroughly you watched this movie after all this time going without it in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's lot- I watch it regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I I imagine it's going to be a thumbs up. What rating do you give this movie, September? Oh, absolutely, a thumbs up. Everyone should see this. It, it's it's silly, but I mean, there's just so much good stuff going on. If you like Adam's Family at all and enjoy dark humor, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am going to give it a thumbs up as well. I and it and it what's weird is and it, and you mentioned it, yeah, kind of the dark Huber thing. Like this movie made me like the Adams family. Despite like their crazy shenanigans and despite, you know, like 
you know, all the craziness going on. It's like I I I had empathy for them when they were when they got kicked out of their house and everything. And I think that's what makes this movie so good. And if and if you can take like this like dark humor thing and like make it to where you feel sympathy for them, like I feel like that's just the icing on the cake for this movie in in my opinion. So yeah, thumbs up from me. So well, thank you so much, September, for being on the show and uh, and uh, and having this great conversation with me. Uh, if folks want to have more amazing conversations to listen to from you, where can they find them? Well, the easiest thing to do is just go to 9of12n-i-n-e-o-f-one-two.com. And there are links for my Twitter and Twitch for me and for which I don't really use very much, but for Geek Grills, for part-time gamers, Heresy and Hearsay, I've got a landing page in one handy place for you. Awesome. Yeah. And and 9 of 12, September. Nice. Uh, not hard to find. Although I did not put America's Next Top Podcaster on there. And if you have not listened to this season, go listen to this season. It was terrific. I put on, I put out a couple of shows that I'm really proud of and I think will continue as projects in the future. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no. And uh, yeah, I believe that's America's next top podcaster.com. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. America's next top podcaster.com. And they have a Patreon as well too, where you can get episodes early and, uh, yeah, no, that yeah, from what wow. I from what I've heard, this was a crazy season. Yeah, all those episodes are out now in the public. So the Patreon does not get you anything early, but it does get you a lot of extra behind the scenes stuff and kind of gets you the podcasting class to use for yourself that mm-hmm. we all went through in this process because you hear the coaching sessions that we did, you hear the teams meeting and planning shows. A lot of that stuff is only on the Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. So go check that out. Go check out 9and12.com. Check out everything. Man, that, 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 that's so awesome. Of course, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, you can join the conversation in our Discord. That's over at discord.cinemavention.com. But if you're one of those people that's like, Willie, I just can't make it to the watch party. It happens so late. Don't worry. We have the watch party available on demand exclusively to everyone who supports the show over at patreon.com slash is one. Thank you so much to everybody who supports the show. Really, uh, really helps us keep this show powered and running. Don't forget that I'm live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch. You can check that out at twitch.tv slash is one If you have thoughts about the movie that we discussed today, if you want to have your voice in the show, send it in over at email at cinemavention.com. And if you want to see all the previous movies that we've covered on this show, head on over to cinemavention.com. It's got all the show notes and everything you could ever want including a link to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify. It could be, you know, it could be TuneIn. It could be Stitcher. It could be Apple Podcasts. Does not matter. Subscribe, leave a review, and helps out the show a lot. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music for this show. You can find his work at incompetech.com. 
and we'll be back next time to discuss the movie The Fifth Element with Brian Coford, another fantastic movie that I can't wait to talk about. And I hope that you will be there for that conversation. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 